going on, guys? We got another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops pod. Um, bringing back the the redrafting of different draft class series with my guy, Kyle. No Lauren today. Um, that's honestly fine by me. It's fun when he's around, but um, I, and he might make a return. But for now, we're going with me and Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing, bro? I know we just... Doing good. Dude, I always uh, get... Yeah, we were we were just talking about it. Just got back from the run. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gassed, it's but... always so weird, dude. Because I like I call you first, and then I like say how are you doing, and we we chat, and then yeah. I have to like pretend to do it again. But we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so you went on a nice run, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Hill day. Hill day. Uh, and I ran yesterday and Monday. Monday actually ran the farthest I've ever run before. Ooh, so I'm, I'm putting the over that, under at but, 13 and a half miles. 15. Jesus, bro. Just, did you come into the day like I'm going to run a, a half marathon I was, today? I, yeah, I was planning on running um, 11 because that would have been my my max. Yeah. I, I ran a little bit of cross country in high school. Um, but I think the most we ever ran was 10 in like a practice. So I was yeah. I've been running a lot during the quarantine. So Same, I've bro. kind of gotten close to where I was at back Runner then. Runner boys. So I was trying to run 11. Runner boys. But then I just I felt good. So I, I just was, added a few more. I was literally going to say, we, you know, for me at least, and I, I just really, I've run in the past, but like, you know my body type. I'm not a runner, but I've started obviously running a lot more in quarantine because there's, there's really nothing else to do. Um, and you know, at least for me, I know right away if it's like a, if it's going to be a good run or, a, or a whatever run and those good runs, you just have to ride them out for as long as they can go. Cause yeah. those ones you like, sometimes you just feel like you can run forever. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm crying. So I'm glad you got your 15 and I don't know if I'll ever be able to get there, but I can dream, bro. I can dream. Hopefully actually I can just hoop pretty soon, but I heard it's I heard it's getting extended out there in LA, but people just don't really care. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll see. Where are it you? It seemed like you kind of backtracked on what you said. Are you I'm in like OC? Up in, in in OC? No, I'm in uh, I live by USC right now, so like near downtown. Gotcha. Um, but this August yeah. they're planning on moving to like the west side, like Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, nice Century City area, yeah. if you know. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, college buddies that are from that area. But yeah, I th- but we'll see if we still do that because none of us are at the office yet. So yeah, and we all have places we can stay. So we might delay that a little bit. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Well, appreciate you joining me as always today. Um, we're gonna redraft the 2011 draft class, um, and I know what our first one. What what class was that? The 2015. 14. I think it was 14. 14? Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle and I will just continue to redraft the class. I think it's it's a fun experiment. And I think when I go through these, I think my biggest thing that I'm starting to see is like there's some guys that had some great years early on, but they're out of the league. And then there's some guys that weren't great that like early in their careers, but have found roles. And then there's guys that have had a role the whole time. And but you know what you're gonna get, but it's not it's nothing special. But like there's value in that consistency every year. So I'm interested to see where Kyle has some of these guys ranked. You take a guy like Kenneth Freud, who was literally playing for Team USA, very impactful for the Nuggets early on in his career, and now is not in the league. Um, and you you weigh that and the same with like a, a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who literally was 
I don't think he was seriously considered in the MVP race that year, but he he I mean he went clean off that year and was was huge for the Celtics. So um, excited to get into this. Excited to talk talk some hoops during uh, quarantine with Kyle and appreciate you guys all tuning in. Let's let's do this thing. All right. Let's start. Um, I, I I prefer personally going from one to fourteen. I know there might be some people that probably turn it off by like eight, which I'll take. If you get to eight, I'll take that at this point. Um, but anyways, my number one, and I assume your number one is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, and I did a small forward podcast, and so I I've talked about him at length, but I uh, I guess I'll just briefly touch on him. I, I think. No doubt, number one, but I think it's a good opportunity to just talk on the how interesting he has, is as a player. I don't think we've seen someone with that sort of demeanor be as good as he's been. Um, you're looking at a two-time NBA champion, was the finals MVP in both, uh, brings it on both ends of the floor. And I think you could make a solid case, I mean, if you're factoring in the playoffs at least, that he might be the best player in the world right now at this very time. Um, I, 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 for one, was pretty pleasantly surprised with this season with the Clippers. I think he, he, he was great in the playoffs last year, but load managed a lot of the year in, in Toronto. And, and he did some of that this year, but he upped his efficiency, was a great passer, great defender, um, and, and just made things work in L.A. where there was a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new guys. Um, and he made that all work. And so uh, it was the easy number one call, but I, I've been personally pretty impressed with Kawhi and uh, just think it's interesting that a guy like that, so quiet that no one really understands can be as dominant as he's been. Um, and, and that pick literally, he, he went 14th, could not have gone any better for, for the spur. I mean, no, I think the Spurs still take him, knowing the circumstances. That was still weird to me. I still don't really understand. I think the Pacers drafted him, right? That they did. They did, and then they Hill. traded for George Hill. Um, but was that was that draft night though? I think that honest that I mean, that I was know, like the pick. Like the the it was draft night. I do remember that. Do you have any insight or or do you have any comment on? I I don't think it gets talked up. I obviously in the, when it happened it did, but like Greg Popovich is seen as one of the most understanding, easy to get along. I mean, obviously he's going to coach you hard, but he's a people. From everything I've seen, he's a person first, player second type of coach, which is huge. I just don't really understand what happened there, and I I don't think Kawhi. He may have said things here and there, but I still don't really understand why that split happened in the way that it did. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody really does, because I think that's the thing about Kawhi, is that you're never really going to hear a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. Which is such a so different. star that's done the same thing, we probably know yeah. a lot more of the story behind it. But yeah, it was a very weird split, because it seemed like kind of a match made in heaven. Yeah, he was their next guy. He was their next yeah. guy. And, and outside of even just being the next guy, he was a perfect sort of... From what we've seen, a win first team mentality guy that could kind of take the torch from from Timmy and and Tony, but yeah, very similar demeanor to uh, to Tim Duncan. Yeah, uh, don't know what happened, um, but I, I'm interested to see where 
where was he on um you know that list that just came out from the top 72 i don't know or 79 was it 78 74 i think i think he was like 27 or so okay i think that's about right that's about right i'd say yeah where do you i i think his peak his the peaks in his career have been like arguably even higher than 27 but i think that yeah, you knock him down a little bit because of the, the, the consistency, durability. Four times the raw numbers. Aren't I was surprised. Quite there, He's only four time All Star, right? but I guess that makes sense for the weird years that he had. Um, but I am definitely interested to see where his career goes from here. I think that's a guy at twenty seven that, when it's all said and done, if he continues on this path, if he can get one or two at the Clippers, uh, maybe not top ten, but definitely top twenty. Yeah, um, I mean, I think he has an outside chance at top ten. He'd be the first guy to win a – I mean, assuming he was the finals MVP if the Clippers won a title. He'd be the first guy to win that with three different franchises. Who – off the top of your head, who's he knocking out of whoever's in your top ten right now? Maybe you don't have that right in front of you. That's kind of a – kind uh, of putting I, I you on the spot. I list, actually, on Google Docs. Um, I love that. I made that a little while ago. See, I uh, – Maybe, like, Elijah one. I'm not sure. Okay. See, I, I think eventually I'll get into it, and I think when I'm like 40, I'll, I'll have a better understanding. But it's so hard for me to not have watched, you know, seven of the 10 guys, eight, six, whatever it may be of the top 10 guys in like live, and like it's all secondhand. And you can go watch clips. I've actually, NBA TV's been putting a lot of old Boston Celtics games on, and Larry Bird was cash, but it's like, I don't really. It's hard, especially when you're comparing across generations and and the league so different for me to like really feel like I can argue or make valid points that I can like go all in on when I didn't see it, you know? Totally, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just with the list. I'm just kind of with everything I yeah, know. Yeah, all the information the you got. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, okay, very interested to hear your number two because I know um, who my number two is. Number two was really tough. Two through four and maybe even two through five was pretty tough. I think you can make an argument for any of the next four guys at number two. But I had Clay. I did as well. I think that, uh, yeah, I think he's just – the tiebreaker was just his – what he is off the floor for you. Obviously, he's great on both ends. One of the best two-way players in the league. Uh, one of the best uh, on-ball perimeter defenders, and then obviously one of the best shooters. Of kind all of slept on as an all. I, I was surprised he's only been All NBA defensive second team twice, once. Yeah, you know what's interesting about Clay is that if you look at like a lot of the defensive the analytics, they don't really make him look good. And and and. That's a. But I don't put too much stock into that. I, I was gonna say watching him in the finals, the way he guarded. Because my the last pod, bro. So no, you're good. The I it, that just really was interesting to me and struck a chord because the last pod I had, if you guys haven't checked it out, please do. Um, we talked a lot about how I've been. I've really been trying to, as I'm getting older, offense is so easy to quantify. You know, like. You can look at a million things. Obviously, you have points, but outside of that, you have efficiency. You have numbers when they're on the court versus when they're off the court. 
Defense is so hard to quantify, and I've been trying to figure it out, and I'm still on this journey of figuring it out. But you're right. Like, the numbers have never jumped off the table, but when you watch, he's locked down. So it's um, – it, it's it's a it's a balancing, and I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. But um, I had Clay too. I think for me, that's one of those guys where you're looking at. It's almost more valuable to have an elite second guy than a first guy who's maybe you know towards the bottom. Which I think, I think now you kind of look at Kyrie as a number two, and maybe always. Um, yeah. But I don't and, think Kyrie was ever a guy that can be the best player on a right. I think team. he just has too many um, deficiencies. Many guys are. Right? No, I, I think you can only legitimately point to maybe five or six at most, honestly. Um, but I, I think outside, I think I'd even give it to Clay even before all the off the court issues. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's fair to use the term off the court issues with Kyrie. Maybe not. I don't know. You know what I'm I'm trying to get at. And I've talked about Kyrie on so many different pods and dived into it deeply. So I won't I won't touch too much on it. But I think there's definitely something to be said. You know every year what you're going to get from Clay. It's winning first. There's no drama. He wants to play basketball, shoot threes, play defense, and go play with his dog and hook up with Instagram models. And you know what? That works for me. I know what I'm going to get. He's going to go down as a top Definitely top five shooter of all time. I think, Dep- oh, sure. uh, depending on how he finishes, probably he he's dude. It, it's insane to me. He's literally never shot lower than forty percent from three. Ah, maybe he's rookie year, but outside of that, forty percent from three every single year, and that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. On top of it, really high volume, obviously too. Very very high volume, and yes, he, a lot of them are open looks, but a lot of them are not open looks. Most threes in a game. Obviously, that Kings game was crazy, but. Um, definitely gave the nod to Clay here because uh, not only and, and the ACL didn't play that big of a factor for me because then again you're going through you know now we know he has an ACL injury and not uh, guys have come back from that but guys also haven't come back from that but Kyrie yeah. we're not when you're when you're talking about Kyrie we're not looking at the most durable guy um, either so that my my three was Kyrie though. Yeah, I have him three as well. Yeah, him and Jimmy Butler were neck and neck. They not were to give away my four. But, yeah, that uh, was my four. We're we're locked th- in so far. I think that Kyrie maybe just gives you a little bit more upside if you're competing for a title than Jimmy Butler might. He if does you, if you have the good version of him. And Jimmy Butler, and go ahead. NBA, my bad. Like in the NBA, uh, if I'm building a team, I'm, I'd rather have like a few years of great. And like a bunch of years of good, you know what I mean. That's that's an important distinction to make. I think in general, I'd probably pick that, but there might be certain instances where, depending, like if I can get twelve years of good, like I might. In a way, you're almost you could say Clay's great, but in a way, like that's almost what's happening with Clay and Kyrie. I think Kyrie's. Eh, it's hard to say because they just play completely different ways. But I would rather start with Clay. And I agree. I think the the I think I had Kyrie clearly ahead of Jimmy just for the reasons you said. Uh, the ceiling's super high, and 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 the game you need someone who can put the ball in the basket. Jimmy hasn't shown. I mean, he finds ways to put the ball in the basket, and he's elite at at getting to the line, which is huge. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, the, Kyrie's just a different beast in terms of what he does offensively. Um, and I think my my tougher decision actually was Jimmy or Kemba at four. And I went Jimmy. But And it sounds like you did too. But yeah. was that, that was not, that wasn't too hard of a decision for you? No, it was hard. I, I flipped around two through five a few times, actually. Um, but when you were going another, Jimmy, Kemba. Another thing about uh, Kyrie I wanted to say is that I think it's also he has the benefit of having played with LeBron, so he's in those big moments. Who knows what a guy like Kemba or Jimmy would have we done would have seen in that situation. We would know, have right, and that's with LeBron so. exactly, exactly. And and I think Kyrie is a perfect fit in terms of Kyrie, bro. Just just go do your thing, go get your buckets. Like LeBron will take the load off you and and distributing and and just overall being like. Just pick your spots and go, and, and it was a perfect situation. And I don't blame Kyrie for wanting to take that next step in his career as a, as a player, but I think he's just he's just shown he hasn't been ready for the mental side of what comes with being that number one guy and, and how we've seen in the MJ doc, you can score all the points you want, but like at the end of the day, you got to find a way to win, and I think Kyrie's still figuring out that process. And I don't think – I mean, he's limited defensively, but I don't think you can say he'll never be able to get there. Maybe not as a number one, but um, at least back to finding ways to make his teammates around him better, which he hasn't done in the past two years. Um, But Jimmy, I think the reason definitely why I had Kemba, I think there's something to be said for Kemba. Kemba this year really impressed me, honestly. I think you you saw last year with with Kyrie, you can have all the talent you want, but you've got to have some level of team camaraderie and, and ability to make guys better. And and Kemba, I know Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown took huge steps and Gordon Hayward got healthy, but I think there's still something to be said for making all of that work. And then you throw in a guy like Marcus Smart who does shoot. Um, and he he didn't take away from Jalen or, or Jason. He made them better. He allowed them to blossom into who they are. Or at the very worst, he didn't detract from them blossoming. And I think that's something to be said because in Charlotte, it's so hard to, you know, you, you have him, but you kind of know what you're going to get. And I think it was, it was more telling of him as a player and the, and the steps he's taken um, by having the Celtics be as good as they were offensively this year. And, and for as small as he is, he's not an awful defender. He's a good team defender. Um, he's just limited physically, but um, that that's my top five. Anything you want to yeah. Yeah. Nice, uh, a really nice lead. Maybe not in terms of points per game, but right. But just in terms of value, you're with like Tatum, and, exactly. I think like two years. Ago, oh, I don't mean with the Celtics. I mean like I think it was between his last year and his second to last year in uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, he's he a really game. improved uh, with his shots, like in the paint, and I think that took his game to the next level. Yeah. Um, like his last year in Charlotte was by far his best, and that's something. And he's been the same guy this year, just maybe not as much volume because of. And he, they haven't needed that volume, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But but I think that's that's another thing is uh, as a small guard figuring out how to be able to score consistently in the paint um, is huge, and you see guys that you can be as athletic or talented or whatever. You see guys that come out that are smaller that aren't able to figure that out. They, they flame out pretty quick. So, yeah, um, he's gone from 
a below average three point shooter too. Now yeah. a pretty good one. And he's so. getting better looks for sure, but that's part of it. But a hundred percent, you still got to knock him down. But I I do think it's uh, why I take Jimmy is is Jimmy's shown an ability, and maybe maybe uh, you know Minnesota and the the Chicago years, he definitely had more talent than Kemba ever did. But Jimmy's shown an ability to get to the playoffs and just win. I mean, you see it this year in Miami, not taking anything away from his supporting cast, but it's not unreal. It's Bam took a huge leap. You know, Hero and and Duncan were none were nice, but it's like we're on talent level on paper. They're not that much better this year than they were last year. And last year they they were did they? Am I crazy? They made it the playoffs last year. Miami. I don't think so. No, they played Philly two years ago. Okay, you're right. They didn't make it last year. Um, but I, I think it, it's just – it's been impressive to me what Jimmy Butler has accomplished with Miami this year. And it's a perfect situation yeah. for him. But at the end of the day, again, I'm, I'm just about winning. And yeah. Jimmy's shown to this point, I think, a, a better ability to uh, to win games. More, more impact. Um, this is where he it gets. Does, he can butt heads with guys. Or, uh, just a little more on Jimmy. Uh, he, he can yeah. butt heads with guys, but I think that the type of guys that he butts heads with, heads with are the kind of guys that Soft. you probably don't want anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I think the, I think Jimmy and and as he's getting older, I think he'll learn this. Um, that there might be a different way to go about it. Like MJ can get away with it because of the people he had around him, but. And MJ was just miles, miles better. But, like, there's a – I understand where you're coming from, the way, you know, he was pushing Cat and Wiggins. But, like, I think you also kind of got to know your audience. But it goes it, it goes both ways. Like, I think you could have yeah. been smarter about his approach, but at the same time, what he was preaching was not wrong in any way. Um, yeah. Okay. I thought he was underrated in Philly, too. I think there are a he few – Playoff games. Oh, that's a great point. Huge for them and down the stretch, especially against Toronto, even though they ended up losing that series, they very they easily could have won that fourth quarter run. I really, wins. I really do think they win that game if it goes to OT, and and they started thriving against Toronto when they took the ball out of Simmons' hands, and Jimmy was the primary ball handler, which is another again just finds ways. He's he's not that's a that's a guy where you don't. There's no way you can know unless you somehow have a great interview and just peek into his mind and see that this guy's nuts, that with his skill set, he would be as good as he is. Yeah. You know. Um, okay, this is where it gets interesting, where I think we'll, we'll have a little bit more um, deviation from each other. Um, but my six was Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, me too. Yeah, all right. Um, and I talked a lot about him just recently in the Power Forward pod, so... I actually won't. I'll give you a one-sentence summary. Very solid. Was great in L.A. Got cashed out by Philly to do something that I don't think he can do at the level they want him to do. But you're not mad. Like, to, you, you will always take Tobias Harris. I don't think you'll take max max money Tobias Harris. But um, I don't think anyone behind, that I have behind him, I can really pick over him. Like, I can't make a valid argument. Yeah, I didn't think he was... Right, so, I'm a Clippers fan, obviously. Um, I watched a lot of him. Yeah. Uh, last, the last two years, so I guess. 
second half of the 2018 yeah. season and then the first half of the 2019. Um, I never was that impressed by him. Okay. He's, pretty, he's a pretty quiet scorer. Like, he'll, he'll score 20 and you won't really notice. It. That can be, I think, a good thing in some ways. Like, right. It means it's all coming in the flow of the offense. But that's but not I what Philly's doing. I always trusted um, Gallinari as, yeah. like, our go-to scorer more than him, even if they both scored about the same amount. Yeah, Gallo just gets to the line not so much more than him. You know, I yeah. just did my power forward co- uh, rankings, and, and Gallo was five, Tobias was six. So I, I'm with you that I'd rather take Gallo. Um, I just – He's just not in the best situation, but he was just so good from three in LA, you know. And it he was. I think it was a little bit of an outlier. It for sure was an outlier. Philly, but I mean, he was wet in, in Detroit too. Like once he got comfortable, but I think Philly, there's just not the spacing he needs. They they yeah. want him to be a little bit more of a, not necessarily a creator, but like you are our offense at the perimeter. It's not Ben. It's not Josh Richardson. Joel's going to take care of things in the paint. But out on the perimeter, it's it's like you're kind of our guy. We paid you to be our guy, and I think he's sh- he's shown. I think he's better suited for the role he had in LA. But I still am taking him six. All right. Yeah. Give me your seven. You're I went with Isaiah Thomas. Wow. Wow. Okay. Quick question before you jump into it. I will say I had him fourteen. Is fourteen, and that might might be unfair, but I've never. I'll get in. I'll let you say your piece. But my quick question before we jump into it is part of that, the idea that you could have managed his health better had you drafted him? Not really. It's just that okay. you, it's my whole thing about like having a little bit of great. Okay. Over, uh, Cause that was a like, little bit of great, like legitimately yeah. a very small bit of well, great. I mean, you had like five years of him, five or so years of him as like one of the elite, like six man type guys, you know, six man that can come give you 16 to 18 points. You're talking uh, for Sacramento. Sac? Yeah. yeah. Well, I he mean, started after a while in, in Sacramento. Right. But I, I know he came off the bench in Phoenix I think when they had Brandon Knight, I can't remember. It, so it was, was it was weird. They had like Goron, him, and Bledsoe, and it. Oh yeah, Bledsoe. That's right. And it, it, yeah. I mean, it, it was an interesting <laughs> team for sure. But um, let me pull up. Let me pull up the stats because maybe I am. I think he averaged twenty nine uh, in his in oh, his one great season. Oh, that great season! Which, I'm not disputing. I have nothing. Nothing wrong about that. Um, obviously, he's one of the worst defenders in the league. He's, ever. he's a liability. And, uh, and he's like, tiny. Like, it's, it's not yeah, necessary. Not really his fault. Yeah, not really just, his fault, yeah. I mean, he could have done things to be a better help defender. But I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up not necessarily because I know he was, he was as, as good as you can be for that body in that one year in Boston and, and the year before even. But I'm trying to see. Okay, yeah. He, he averaged 20 in sacks, 16, 15, 19. Then he went to Boston, 22, 28. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe I was underselling um, his earlier year, years a little bit too much. But to me, even those earlier years, he was shooting 34, 35 from three. Huge liability on defense and not the best creator. So for me, the guys I have ahead of him, maybe I could have – you can make an argument I get him maybe 11 or 10. 
Ah, when you're factoring in that one year of greatness, though, where he legitimately led the Celtics to a run, I don't they know. They were the one seed in the East. Yeah. It was a bad East. But it was a bad East, but, I mean, there's something to be said for being the one seed. I, I think if they had gone a little bit deeper, maybe. But did did that best year, who did they end up losing to? I know did they? Lo- I think they lost to Cleveland, but they they almost lost to Washington. To Washington. They, I remember that series. They should have lost to Washington. Yeah. Be, I, I thought John Kelly Wall was actually hooping. went off in game seven. Yeah. That? And John Wall was just hooping that series. I, I don't know. I, I Again, fair, definitely fair. I don't know if I could have taken him this high, but – for but I think that's partly because I I just for me if I'm taking someone who's five nine and again you can't take away the I think you could even say two years he had in Boston um, but if my point guard's five nine like you're gonna have to be unbelievable offensively to make up for your defense and I just would never. If I'm drafting a 5'9 guy, I'm looking for a guy with just instant offense off the bench, which is that's what he did. But I'm not taking an instant offense guy off the bench, even in a pretty weak draft class at, what are we, seven? Nah, you can make it reasonable. But I guess I'll, I'll give my reasons later for why I took guys ahead of him. But I get you. You think this is a, you think this is a weak draft class? I thought it was a pretty good one. I, I think when we're going back to the other one, I think once we get towards the bottom, there's just less and less guys that I feel like I would want on my team. But I guess overall talent, overall talent, yeah, it's not a weak draft class. But I, I, I guess I meant deep is what I'm Okay. Saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do have the five, five all-stars. Yeah, yeah. No, five, like, like perennial I think overall you, you probably say this was a better class than the one we did before. Um. But I just meant, I guess, in terms of deepness. My seven was Vooch. Gotcha. And yeah, that's what I, I was guessing you were going to say. Him. Yeah. I know you're a big Vooch guy. No, that's the thing. I had him in my fantasy league, and he's a great fantasy player. I'm I'm not the biggest Vooch guy in terms – like, you'll never be your number one or your number two. Or I, maybe your number three, depending. That's a, I talked about that last pod, too. Like, those arguments are kind of weird because it's like, okay – if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are your one and two, like anyone could be the number three guy on a, on a team. Whereas we look at Tobias and we say he can't be that. But uh, I don't love Vooch. I think he's great on offense, but he gives a lot of that back on defense. Um, and we've kind of seen the ceiling where like if you're if your guy is Vooch, you're going to be an eighth seed and probably get and get bounced in the first round, maybe win a game. Um but I think you take a guy who's been an all-star, everyone behind him besides Isaiah Thomas um, has not been an all-star. And so you take that year, you take him, and you know you're going to get a, a skilled offensive guy. I think last year was a little bit of an outlier in terms of how good he was shot from three. But, um, I mean, I'm not mad at Vooch at, at seven. You know, I'm sure I'd love to be in that top five, but um, you got a guy with that offensive floor and then try to, I guess, fit defensive pieces around him. Um, I think his the defensive rating of the Magic this year overall was not a terrible, terrible, but when Vooch, Vooch's minutes on the floor without John Isaac this year, the defense was just disgustingly bad. And so that's just something he's got to work on if he ever wants to take that next step. But we're kind of getting late in his career. USC guy, yeah. though. Right. Yeah, um... I have nine, so not too far okay. down from where you have. That's um, fair. I think I just 
if he's gonna he he's the type of guy that like he doesn't really have that much value if he's not your one or two number one or number two option on offense. Yeah, and if he is your number one or two option, you're not gonna be that good of a team. Limited, yeah. Um, so he's not like. I get the not necessarily I, a guy I want if I'm trying to build a championship totally. team, but he's certainly valuable at what he does and in the role he does. He can at least be the best player on a playoff team, which you can't say about a ton of guys. So yeah, and I get your mindset now. Like you'll you'll take Isaiah. Literally was the number one guy on a team that was the number one seed, and yeah, that was for one year. But you'll take that over someone like Vooch, who e- the highest you're going to be with him as your number one guy is an eight seed, and that's almost a fact. All right. Uh, the first thing you want to be in the NBA is mediocre. Yeah, no, that's literally the worst spot. I'd rather – you've seen it. I mean, the teams that were really bad, most of the teams that were really bad five, six years ago have somewhat made a run um, in a way. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll uh, – appreciate you, you know, sticking around for these picks in this class. Appreciate you guys. We're going to take a quick break and um, get through 8 through 14. All right, we're back. Uh, going to tackle the rest of this. So I have given my 1 through 7. My 7 was your 9. So give me your 8. I've got Jonas Valanciunas. I do as well. I do as well. Yeah, I uh... It's unfortunate that he couldn't be part of that championship team. The I Raptors. know, I had that a lot too. Of good years there. He really grinded uh, for them, bro. Yeah, he's pretty solid on both ends. He's not a guy, he's not a guy you're going to feed the rock to. Tell him to go get a bucket for you. You don't want him as a, a primary scorer, obviously, but he's pretty Dude. good defensively. He can finish. He's, he's got a nice touch around the basket. He's, yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad offensive player and right. he's done really well in memphis also. yeah i was gonna um, say he's he's really uh, found a new role minus guy too, mm-hmm. historically mm-hmm. i think um i had him at eight too and and this is just like as much a, a solid pick as you can like you're, you're not mad if jv's your starting center um i think it was somewhat a little telling that the raptors were so down to move on just because, you know, they drafted him, they brought him up, and the Raptors are just a smart organization. I feel like they have such a good eye for talent. They really – they're as much as, you know, people look at offense, they're such a smart defensive team. And I love watching that team play defense because they come up with game plans for every team that they put face, specifically for that team. And somehow everyone that plays is so locked into that game plan. So I, I was um, – not surprised per se, but it, not and not not even necessarily that it was telling because Marcus Souza, you know, he's a good center um, and a veteran center. But I, I was surprised that they were willing to dip on him a little bit. Um, but I think he's shown already just in in the one year in Memphis um, that he can definitely be a, a valuable player. And and I think he's shown this year that you're not mad going to him in the post. You know, he's a traditional back down center. But he's also can shoot the wide open three now, and like you said, um, solid defensively. He's never going to be able to move his feet super well out on the perimeter. But I mean, he's your center, so you want him planted in the paint, protecting the rim. Don't think he'll ever get to the ability to play thirty plus minutes, especially as he gets older. But 
you know what you're going to get in your 26, 27 minutes. And he's like you said, he's a per minute, just a monster when he does play. And he, I think he found a home in Memphis this year next to Jaron and Clark. Yeah. And the, at the very, at the very worst, he's an average starting center in the NBA. At the very probably worst. Slightly, probably slightly above. Yes. And uh, I think he's shown flashes this year of being slightly above. Okay. We're good there. So I know you're number nine. Um, and my nine is Bojan Bogdanovic. And, and where yeah, did I had him 10? Okay. We were just so locked in, bro. We, I promise we didn't talk before this. Um, and I actually would have had him higher. I don't think people realize how good of a year he had this year. 44, 41, 90, seven points better per hundred possessions with him on the floor where it was Utah cash money from the corner. Um, and really since Indy, he hit some huge shots in the playoffs plays solid defense, and I think if he had come into the the league younger or had developed quicker, this is a guy that I, I value this skill set pretty heavily, a, a 3 and D guy who is yeah. just efficient, you know? Um, but it took him a lot longer to blossom, and now he's in his age 30 season. And he's still going to be good and, and solid for a while, but I think the guys ahead of him just they they had better years earlier than him and now he's making up ground yeah and it was because also he he didn't come to the nba for like three or four years after he was drafted exactly so that was really that, yeah i think i would have probably had him a few spots higher right he was just making up ground his prime years in the nba is just not going to be as long as some right. of these other guys so that i knocked him down just yeah. a few spots probably would have had him like seven or so exactly like Otherwise, you you could have made an argument yes his skill set is perfect for the modern NBA, every team could use a guy like him, and he's become like he's scoring over twenty a game this year, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very close. I think, if not twenty, and um, yeah, he just it took him some time to really adjust. I remember watching him. I don't know if it was the FIBA World Cup, but he was hooping with Croatia, and I was like, dude, this guy could be nice in the NBA. I think it was before he even he maybe had played one year with the Nets. But uh, definitely could have made an argument that you take like right now. I would rather right now. I'd rather have him over JV rather have him over Vucevic. Uh, probably not Tobias. You can make an argument, but he's had a really great year and he would have been a lot higher. I agree. Had he developed quicker or come over quicker. Even early on from day one, he was still, you know, he was still he was good solid, but it's different. Still valuable. It's different now. Um, who's your 10? So, did was he your 10 or uh, was your 9? Yeah, he was my 10, yeah. Okay, I'll give my 10. Um, and that's Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans? I love Davis Bertans. I love him. And, and you, could, right now. you could probably take Marcus. So, Marcus has had a much, I guess, consistent and established career. But I really, really... It's a combination of me not loving Marcus despite him being very solid and, and not a bad small forward slash power forward at all. But I love what Davis Bertans does on an NBA team right now. And uh, yes, I mean, maybe I have to wait six, seven years now um, before for me to get peak Davis. Um, and I might not even have him by then. But I was shocked that the Spurs just kind of whatevered him. Like... Yeah. There were rumors the Wizards shot down two first-rounders for him this year. And who knows if that's true. But the offense was so much better with him on the floor. He's 
another one of those guys, if you can shoot 40, 40, 40, 85 plus as a power forward, that is beautiful. And that's what he does. He, when you have him at the four, it's just, it just creates so much more room for your guys on offense. And he's not good defensively, but no one on that Wizards team played any sort of defense. That was hilariously bad defense from the Wizards this year. Um, But that's okay. That's okay. He's not the worst defender. And it's hard to really know where he ends up because uh, the Wizards were just so bad as a, as a group. Like they could have had Kawhi and it wouldn't, maybe it would have helped a little bit, but um, he defended in San Antonio, which they, they know how to defend. Um, so I, Davis is a guy I love. And, and if I'm going power forwards, like he wasn't that far out of my top 10 right now, you know? Dude, I actually didn't even have him. I mean, as much as I love him, I didn't even have him in my top 14 just because it ha- it's like it's took a while. Like the ninth, the ninth season of this draft class, and it's, he's just now kind of right. and he's already almost 30. Yeah. Um, so, just from a value standpoint, I don't think he's the best pick this early. I mean, we'll see how much longer he can do what he's done this year. That's completely um, fair. But I was like, if he is what he is this year, uh, for a few more for years, four I can years, see him being worth years. worth the lottery pick. Right, I'm um, with you. I, and then uh, it seems like you've you've drafted more so on the resume to this point, which is fair considering we're literally ten years later, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I mean, I just wanted to say one, one other thing on Davis. Like, yeah. I hadn't, to be honest, I hadn't watched a ton of him until this year. Yeah. I, I remember watching him against uh, the Clippers in, like, December, and I was just blown away. With, I mean, I mean, I had seen a little bit of him in San Antonio, but he's just a completely different player now. He was strapping. I, I think I remember that game. He, was it I in L.A.? He, it was a really high scoring game. Yeah, um, I had I just, him. In- he went off in that game. Yeah, I just remember this one play where he he uh, he got a rebound uh, right like right underneath the basket. Could have easily put up a layup, but he just immediately sprints, sprints out to the, the three point line, line, turns around, splash, splash, insane. And that's a- I didn't, and at that point, that was when I was like, "Who's this like, my guy? What happened to Davis Bertans?" Yeah, and and another thing before we move forward is is there's one thing, you know, stretch fours, you you pick and pop, you sit in the corner, and, and he does that, but he flies shots that you don't see power forwards take. Like yeah. like you said, get the rebound. No, I'm going to pass on this and, and run out to the three. Like, that's pretty normal. And I, I really don't think maybe with the game on the line, other than that, I don't think there's a shot that Davis could take from three where Scotty Brooks would be like, don't take that. Because he's just become that wet from three. But that's my Davis Bertans rant. I probably could have had him less farther down. And and I agree. I think I was too focused on the moment. I think Isaiah Thomas's resume to this point is definitely uh, more solid. Um, And that might even be an understatement. But I think I'm hoping Davis, I'm hoping he could be an effective like legitimate positive for the next three, four years. And I still was not that sold on Isaiah, even when he was six man Isaiah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I had Tristan Thompson next. So this would be 11. 11. Okay. Adam 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's been pretty consistent throughout his year. Obviously he was a lot more. Nope. 
worthy or just noticed, I guess, when he was yeah, on the good version sense. of the Cavaliers. Yeah. But I think the, when you when he was at his best, he was pretty good defensively, great offensive rebounder, um, yeah. pretty good just rebounder in general. Elite. It's kind of a nice anchor. Um, yeah. Obviously, didn't bring much offensively. He was a decent role role man, but I think he's a solid starting center for it's, about a decade. So yeah, value in that. It's tough for me because it's I, I I look at Tristan and and prop first of all first of all props to us for sitting here on a Wednesday night spending five minutes of pop talking about Davis Bertans Tristan Thompson Isaiah Thomas props to us bro but I think I look in I look at Tristan and I'm like how much of that was Braun I mean an unbelievable um, rebounder but. Offensive rebound and defense, but it's like, would I ever have wanted a guy, an offensively challenged guy who literally had to switch hands, 6'9", so he can't really defend fives, maybe when he was younger, definitely can't defend fives now, um, and and he's become a better offensive player now, but like the net, he was still a net negative player for the Cavs when he was on the floor this year, so I'm wondering, yeah, I mean, he just, the game doesn't really fit the NBA, I, I don't think it's fair to say he's not useful anymore, but it's, it's, it's just not fun to rank a guy like Tristan Thompson. Like he, there is something to be said for winning a championship and he was big in some of those games, but you just look at him now and it's like, I, I don't really have any use for you, Tristan. Like maybe if you want to come off the bench, be a good vet presidents, get a lot. I think I just said vet presidents, vet presence and get a lot get a lot of rebounds off the bench uh, in 15 minutes, sure. But, I, I mean, I don't think Tristan will ever be a 30-minute-a-game player on a good team anymore unless he's surrounded by, like, Clippers-level talent. Yeah. No, I think we are getting to the point where, like you said, this isn't a super deep draft, so you're not getting anything great once you're past the top 10 here. So. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm giving us props, bro. No one else is doing this shit. I'm looking at this is a little off topic, but not really. Um, looking at that, like how the draft actually went down, it's like there are a lot of whiffs in the t- in the lottery. Dude, I was doing that too, Derek and I Williams, John Vesley. Dude, this is <laughs> something though. we need to do. But I and I I made a graphic, but I switched to laptops. Um, but moving forward, I, I I will definitely do a better job of. Uh, really explain not even explaining just stating where guys went but you're right bismack brandon knight jimmer uh i mean there were a lot of swings and misses even in the first like i don't i don't know if Jawan johnson played 50 games in the nba jordan hamilton <laughs> justin hart yeah i mean now we're getting towards the bottom but i i agree and that's that's so interesting to me. I would love to know what these GMs, because it seems like the guys, the teams that miss on picks consistently miss on picks, you know? And it's just like, I would love to know behind the scenes, what is their main evaluator? Like what, what is the end all be? What is the thing that holds the most weight? Obviously you look at Kyrie, like that guy was just stupid talented, but why does someone like clay fall to 11? And it's so hard to predict how these guys are going to, you know, develop, but Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, 30. 
Yeah. Obviously, IT at 60. Right. But that's what I was saying with Jimmy Butler. Like, there was just no way you could know with that. With his like his talent, that he would be as good as he ended up being, because you can't measure the heart of a champion. Yeah, but I, I think that even in retrospect, like a guy that can that has a decent shot, his size and athleticism is kind of surprising that he but I feel like fell he, that far. So I remember him. I remember liking him a lot. He's good at Marquette, but like I don't know if he sh- ever shot it that well at Marquette. I'd like to know. I don't know if he shot it. Like, I don't think he shot more than better than 30% from three, which is, I guess, a lot to ask for in college. But, um, and then you take a guy like Jimmer who did shoot it well, and then just obviously that didn't work out. But, um, all right, let's get back. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I had 11, I had 12 Tristan, and then I had 11 Marcus Morris. Okay. Where'd you have Morris? Uh, I had Morris 12. Gotcha. Um, and Morris is another tough guy for me to rank. I think you could make an argument. I think a lot of people actually that that might be their biggest thing because Marcus has at least played solid roles on maybe just Boston, um, but he's turned into a value. Like the the Clippers, a very good team, felt like it was worth spending a first in Mo Harkless on him. And I, I didn't. I I didn't like that. I, and I, I don't really like how he fits with them, but I'll let you go. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know that the fit made that much sense. Like, kind of essentially what he's doing is taking shots away from guys who are better at scoring. Um, but there is something to be said yeah. for a guy. That's been a big problem with him in other places, too. Totally. And I, I think he, I you think could he say that in Boston. Boston yeah, bit, you yeah. could definitely say that in Boston. But, I mean, a guy who can shoot 40 from three, 80 from the line – and um, is a decent body on defense. He he was he made the Knicks better. Although I mean we we don't need to get too deep into. I mean having you your team be marginally better when you're not good is that that, that doesn't do anything for you. But um, in limited in limited games, he he was better. The the Clippers were better with him on the court. And again, I don't know if they were playing the best teams in the ten games or so he played, but. Um, uh, yeah, I think you're not mad with Marcus Morris in your rotation right now, and he has a decent resume. So, I mean, you could definitely draft him over Davis Bertans. Um, or maybe not a Bojan, but, I mean, he, I think three years ago you, you're you taking Marcus Morris over for sure Bertans and, and maybe Bojan too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that he hasn't, he hasn't shot very well with the Clippers yet. In a small sample size, so I think some of my frustration is probably because of that. Right. Because in the games, and he I think played, he hasn't shot it looked well. like he was pressing. That'll, that'll it looked like up. he was pressing too a little bit. Yeah. Which I makes think sense. you see that a lot of times when guys get traded. There. Yeah. Percentages. Where New York, he was on. playing with absolutely no pressures. Like we're dog shit. I can get whatever shot I want. Like it's a different game, but I, I think for Doc Rivers, Jerry West to. And, and honestly, if the team didn't want him, they wouldn't have brought him. For them to – I think that has to say something at least of, of where – regardless of what we think. If the players want to play with him and the coach and the the head want to think it's valuable to bring him in, um, I, I don't think Marcus Morris is – for me, when I think of Marcus Morris, I don't think of him as a negative anymore. And that was not always the case. Yeah. There's – 
good and bad. They've got a bad. Probably a net, a net, uh, slightly. Just okay. All right. So I've done. I mean, I have a lot of experience as an NBA 2K GM. Yeah, I'm saying. And I just, I wouldn't have made the move personally. But yeah, I'm with you. I, just I, me. I have a lot of experience in that as well. Marcus Morris is just not a guy you want in 2K because, like, even when you score them, it's like, I'm trying to get my youngins buckets to develop them or my stars. Like, yeah, he's not really a slasher either. Yeah, it, his uh, that's actually funny. Like his game in real life is makes more sense than in two K. Like you can't really jab top of the key in two K and be that successful with a not yeah. fast guy. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten a lot better at two K over the uh, quarantine, though. I will have you guys know if anyone wants to play me on PS4 in my team fives, whatever you want, hit me up. Who do you have? 13. Dude, I want you. So you've given one through 12? Uh, yeah. I already, you you know my 14. So you give me your third. You give me your 13. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, you're not ready yet? I'm going to go. That's with, fair. I'm not, I had it written down. But you're I'm, on the clock. It's kind of like a template. With a 13th pick. On the pick. clock. Um, Thinking either Reggie Jackson, Chandler Parsons, Kenneth Fareed, Marquise Morris, Miritich. Yeah. I'll go with Fareed. I'll go with Fareed. I like it. I went Jackson. The, uh, the first five or so years, he was pretty valuable for a really good depth. He was a monster, dude. I don't. And and he showed like if you can't adjust to the new way that the collective group of Hoopers decide to play basketball. You're going to be headed to China, and that's exactly what happened to him. Although he, he was okay with the Rockets last year, but he had some yeah. great years in Denver. Yeah. Walking double-double. Walking double-double. Uh, and that was a good Denver team, too. The Manimal. Yes, it was. That was a fun Denver team. Um, I went Reggie. And and I think if I had to go, I think Fareed would have been my 15. I just stuck 1-14. to 14. Um, But I think Fareed would have been my 15. Because right. just because he was really good and and he was he played some big minutes for the Rockets this last year and I would not be surprised I I don't know if it was money maybe he just got more money overseas but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back in the NBA because you know that guy's still in tip top shape um, but I want Reggie Jackson I never would have ever in one thousand one million one trillion years paid the money that the Pistons did and I honestly think. I don't think we think about it enough, but I think for a lot of guys, that has to play a factor. It's human nature. When you get cashed out that early, I feel like some guys it's okay. Like some guys are built for it, but I think other guys it's tough to stay as motivated to get, you need to get better and better. And you need to stay locked in all summer and that's hard to do. And I think Reggie just, once he got cashed out, he never got better. And to his credit this year, he did, but, if we're taking the money out of it and we're just drafting him, I mean, he's had a very solid career. I think again, he finally showed some efficiency shooting um, this year in Detroit, where it was like before he was a bona fide chucker. Like it, he was borderline my least favorite player in the league for a little bit. Cause it was like, he would just, if one, I didn't think his, I still don't think his games like aesthetically pleasing, which is not the most important thing. But, like, it was just kind of ugly, and he would chuck. But 
I think we're at a point now where he can be a solid backup point guard. And with that and yeah. his resume, I'll take him 13. Another guy that Clippers uh, added. Yeah. Which I don't know about either of those moves. We would have seen, we would have seen in the playoffs. I think that's the true tell all the, the moment of truth, but I'm with you on the side of, I don't think necessarily adding Reggie and Marcus, maybe one of them, but I don't think adding both of them. I, I yeah, there aren't that much. That, there aren't that many minutes to go around either. Yeah, they're, they're already pretty deep team, especially they, with the guards. They are. They, so, I mean, Bev. I'm okay with Reggie as long as he's not playing more than I don't know 15, 15. to 18 minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, if he's cooking, maybe you keep him in for 18. But sooner or later, Reggie's going to catch up to you, and you got to get him out of there. So uh, yeah. this is. I really done. like Landry Shamit. So. I do too. I do too. Sniper. And he seems like a great guy. But uh, again, just we're hanging in there ranking Reggie Jackson. And I had Isaiah 14. I talked about him a lot. Hindsight, you could definitely make an argument moving him up based off the resume alone. But I think moving forward, I think I'll probably try to keep in mind the resume, keep it a little bit more front of mind when we're doing these. But I already drafted. I already, I already drafted and I took Isaiah Thomas 14. Yeah, I think when I went through it the first time, I was kind of leaning a little bit more towards what they are currently. And then I kind of went through it again and I kind of shuffled around based on more looking at their resume. Yeah, I mean, we're um, we're 14, or 14, we're nine years in, so. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll round it out with, take, take Chandler Parsons. Love it. Let's give. Even though you only got like five or five or six pre-entry years, let's give but, him some air time. Yeah, I I think actually I'd have him over three, so I'll have him thirteen, three and fourteen. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to take back my pick, but uh, dude, generally when you draft someone, you can't. But. This is the Malaga Drive Hoops pod, and I'm the commissioner, and you can do that. As long as we, yeah. as long as the the, it's still recording, you're allowed to do that. So, uh, you're gonna go ahead and take Parsons thirteen. Yeah, I think. I, th- I mean, I know we weren't talking about like an alternate reality where guys don't get hurt, but I don't know. Maybe you redraft him. You take better care yeah. of him. Yeah, maybe you take a little yeah. bit of care of him. That'll be a tiebreaker, and I think his game translates obviously a lot better. Way through modern three NBA million times better. Than Kenny and Kenneth Reed. Um, Chandler had like some good years, six, dude. Nine, but like stretch four. But like handle it like a three. I, I just don't know. Were were the signs ever there? It's really sad what happened to him. He's never going to play another NBA game. Yeah. Like, I, you, you already. It's not that sad. He made no, yeah, but like, I understand yeah, that from our perspective. From our perspective, he'll be okay, but like, at the same time, like, you're but looking at the guy. He does, like, with, his, with his life, so. Yeah. I feel for him for that. He had a really great start to his career. Like, you could have envisioned this guy being like a like a CJ McCollum level in terms of impact, maybe never making an all-star, but may I don't think it would have been a stretch to say he would have made an all-star game, but like, were the signs ever there that his body would give out? Like, 
I feel like he was not that injury prone in Florida, and I could be completely wrong, but I don't remember that being really an issue. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. But He's then, diamond in the rough too. Yes, I can run. Thirty-eighth pick. Yeah, and then yeah. you take all really those good. injuries, his knees just giving out on him, and then he almost dies in a car crash, like. He's had a rough couple right. of years. I totally forgot about that part, too. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I was even referring to most in terms of, like, why I feel bad for him. Like, he got destroyed in that car crash from what I've read. And, uh, I mean, he's still cashing checks, but. I didn't realize he played a tiny bit this year. He played 54 minutes. Yep, I think it was with, for Atlanta. For Atlanta, yeah. Yep. I remember because I play DraftKings every day and. I never. I'm happy to say I never had him in my lineup, but there were some times I thought about it. Like if this game blows out, Chandler can get. Nah, I don't know. But um, anything else you wanted to touch on before we call it a night, bro? Do you think Jan Vesely even goes in the top sixty if uh, if you redraft up I, to sixty? I haven't looked through the undrafted guys, but probably not, dude. And that's just. I mean, you can't take someone like that that early. Like that, that Jan Vesely never had a chance. He never had a chance, dude. I had, I had thought about Jan Vesely in years. Years, I know. I was telling my buddies. At least, exactly. You go through the, the lotto, and there were some busts for sure. But, I mean, at least Brandon Knight had some good years. Bismack has been solid. I mean, you could kind of say a similar thing for Jimmer, but at least Jimmer played like 240 games. Like Vesley played 160 actually, which was more than I thought. Career uh career five uh career 3.6 points a game. Um on actually shot 52% from the field, dude. That's not bad. But I can't assume that a lot of those were not dunks. But um I think I think I probably he's going top 60. He's going top 60, but not by much. Not by much. Um, all right, bro. I think that that about does it. Um, you will definitely be back. We will redraft another class. I don't know if we want to go in order yet or if we want to skip around to a fun class. We will figure that out. But uh, appreciate you joining me as always, bro. Hope you had a great run. And uh, let's do it again soon, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, as as usual, guys, appreciate you all for tuning in. We will continue to pump out the pods. I know I, I go through streaks, but I will 100% be getting at least one to two pods out a week for you guys. Appreciate the support. Hit me up if you ever want to join. Hit me up if you ever have a question or discussion you that you want to be talked about. Hope you're all staying safe. We're almost through Corona, and hopefully NBA is right around the corner. Maybe. Hopefully, if not, it's all good. I'll wait. The Warriors will then have a, a chance to go for their sixth straight title uh, appearance, and I won't be mad at that. But appreciate you all. Have a great, great night.